0: Hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble with me, your host, Josh Ascroft. In today's episode of the show, we're going to be breaking down all of the biggest games from August 6th. That's Heat at Bucks, Clippers at Mavs, Lakers at Rockets, as well as the smaller um, regional games that were played. We will also go through today's injury report and all of your uh, daily storylines and previews for today's games. So without further ado, let's jump right into things. This is Don't Burst My Bubble. Let's start the show as we always do with our daily injury report. The biggest headline, of course, being our mysterious injury to Ben Simmons, who is out indefinitely with a partially dislocated kneecap. Uh, indefinitely doesn't necessarily mean something to worry about, that means he could be back in a couple of days. However, if they need to do uh, some kind of uh, surgery to take a look, get a better look at it, um, or if they get a couple more scans back and see that this is in fact something more serious, Uh, For all we know, this could be an extended absence for Ben Simmons, which could have huge consequences for the Sixers and the rest of their season. So fingers crossed, he will be remaining healthy. Um, As far as the rest of the injury report goes for the Spurs at Jazz game, which is the first game of uh, the day, uh, same as usual for the Spurs. Bryn Forbes out, Trey Lyles out Uh, for the Jazz Basically, the entire starting lineup is out. Mike Conley is out with some right knee soreness. Rudy Gobert is out, uh, and it's cited that he is resting. Joe Ingles is listed as available, but has some soreness in his right foot. Donovan Mitchell is out with uh, a peroneal strain in his left lower leg. Royce O'Neal is out with some right uh, calf soreness also. Um, as far as the OKC at Memphis game goes, the biggest news still there that Jaron Jackson Jr. is out for the rest of the season. And OKC side of the ball, Dennis Schroeder, is still out due to the birth of his son. Uh, Sacramento at Brooklyn, Jarrett Allen is listed as quest- uh, questionable. And Joe Harris is also listed as questionable. Uh, Allen has some left ankle sprain Um some pain as a result of a left ankle sprain and joe harris has a contusion in the left groin area the kings uh yet to submit their injury report as of 11 a.m eastern time today for or- or orlando at philadelphia aaron gordon is out with a left hamstring uh, strain and jonathan isaac is of course out with that torn acl in that left knee uh on the sixth side of the ball Uh, mostly just Ben Simmons, as I had previously mentioned. For Washington at New Orleans, the Pelicans are yet to submit uh, their team's injury report. And for the Wizards, uh, no one particularly of note, just Garrison Matthews, who is not even with the team. Uh, Boston at Toronto, the only uh, people listed are Patrick McCall, who has been out uh, for the... Whole restart anyway, and he doesn't get rotation minutes with the team uh, all that often, so nothing to be too concerned about there. However, we'll still assume that Kemba Walker will be on some kind of minutes restriction for the Celtics. So that'll do it for your daily injury report. Let's jump right into the games that happened yesterday. Here's some quick headlines for the regional games. Uh, that were happening that weren't available on national television. So the Kings shoot the Pelicans out of the gym in a 140-125 win. Kings shot 49% from three, and Zion had 24 points in 22 minutes for the Pelicans. The Suns outshine the Pacers in a 114-99 victory. Devin Booker putting up 20 points and 10 assists, DeAndre Ayton with 23 points and 10 boards, and Damian Lillard is blazing a trail to the eight seed in uh, the Blazers' 125-115 to 115 win over the Nuggets, with Dame dropping 45 points. So, uh, definitely interesting in terms of the eight seed out west and the 9th seed, of course, as well. Uh, in all of those games, the Kings uh, continuing to have a nice little run. The Suns now 4-0 in the bubble after defeating the Pacers. And uh, the Trailblazers are running at full speed. Uh, They are absolutely in full force to be taking the 8 seed. The Grizzlies are in real trouble. Now, our main headline of the day for the rest of the games that happened yesterday. Experience is the most valuable asset you can have down the stretch. It appeared in all three of the games that we saw. Let's break them down. So, Heat at Bucks. A very enjoyable game. Let's break down the box score nice and quickly to kick things off. So the Bucks won the game 130-116. Giannis, 33 points on 13 of 17 from the field, also grabbed 12 rebounds and had 4 assists. Uh, Chris Middleton, also with 33 points, was 9 of 14 from the field, including 5 of 6 from the 3-point line and uh, 10 for 10 from the charity stripe. He had 8 assists and 6 rebounds. Uh, then Brook Lopez had 17 points on 4 of 9 from the field. 2 of 4 from 3, including an outrageously deep sort of falling fadeaway 3 that he shot at one point from about uh, 28 feet out. He was also 7 of 7 from the free throw line, uh, had 2 steals and 2 blocks. Other than that, a good all-round performance from the Bucks. And on the heat side of the ball, the leading scorer was Duncan Robinson. That man from Michigan once again, 7 of 11 from the field on for 21 points. He went 5 of 9 from the three-point line. Uh, next up, Tyler Harrow had 20 points off the bench, going 6 of 12 from the field. Just 1 of 5 from the three-point line, though. He also had 5 assists. And uh, as for the rest of the Miami team, it was a good uh, all-around effort. Bam Adebayo really struggled on the offensive end of the floor last night, but had a very respectable defensive performance against Giannis. Uh, Jay Crowder had 15 points, Kendrick Nunn had 14, and Kelly Olynyk had 13. So what exactly happened in this game? Well, the, the Heat didn't have Goran Dragic or Jimmy Butler playing due to injury. However, the Heat really dominated the game for uh, the first three quarters, really, especially the first half. Um, with Miami having 34 and 39 points in the first two quarters, Milwaukee just 25 and 31, uh, and then the story completely switches uh, for the next two quarters with Milwaukee running away with it, especially in the last quarter where uh, Milwaukee went 38 to Miami's 18. So what happened here exactly in this game In my mind, it went a little something like this. The Heat played extraordinary defense on Giannis for the first two quarters. They crowded the paint nicely. They didn't let him get to the spots that he likes to get to before he drops that shoulder and drives to the rim. And they really utilized help defense a lot. Giannis was constantly double or even triple teamed once he got into the paint. He was brought to a complete stop and was left sort of pivoting, trying to find... Uh, an outward pass to kick out to, uh, and the Heat were able to strip him a couple of times and utilize those opportunities on the fast break. They shot it nicely from the three-point line, especially Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn. That certainly helped them. Uh, Duncan Robinson... I thought the Bucks actually did a really good job of attempting to guard him with um, Wesley Matthews taking on that challenge for the majority of the time, chasing him over the high screens that he likes to get to, uh, not allowing him to get off any easy shots, but Duncan Robinson um, really shooting the lights out yesterday, having a a phenomenal performance from three. But as I mentioned in that main storyline, main headline for the day was that experience, overrules anything else in that last stretch Miami without Jimmy Butler on the floor without Goran Dragic two essential veterans on their team definitely lacking experience to come into the close of the game a really scrappy performance throughout the uh, Middleton Giannis and Lopez were just able to put it away uh, Giannis really took advantage of the fact that Bam had five fouls by the fourth quarter uh, and was able to uh, use a lot of spin moves uh, in the paint to get past him, knowing that Adebayo wasn't going to be able to challenge him once he actually got to the rim. Um, Euro stepping through the paint like nobody's business with those huge strides that he has. Uh, the Bucks going on an outrageous run at the end of the game, uh, and that was really the whole the whole story. I thought that the Heat had it locked up uh, that fourth quarter. However, uh, the Bucks not messing around, and they take the win on that one the next game that we had which was a real fun one was Clippers at Mavs with the Mavs hanging in as much as they could throughout the first three quarters of the game but once again experience winning out over young talent with uh, a 126 to 111 win for the Clippers let's break down that box score and then we'll talk about the game a little bit more so Kawhi Leonard had 29 points on 10 of 23 shooting from the field four of eight From the three-point line, he also had six rebounds and five assists. Paul George, another nice game for him, 24 points, 10 of 21 from the field, two of four from three, with seven rebounds and six assists. Uh, Zubac, the other main player there for the Clippers yesterday, had 21 points, going 10 of 10 from the field, also grabbing 15 rebounds, six of which were offensive boards. Uh, which was absolutely essential to the team's victory. The Mavs, uh, great performances by Luca and Porzingis, with Porzingis putting up 30 points of 9 of 19 from the field, also had 9 rebounds and 5 dimes. Luca had 29 points, going 10 of 21 from the field, including his first really stellar performance from the 3-point line whilst in the bubble, going 6 of 13 from 3. He also had 6 assists and 3 rebounds. So definitely on the lower side of uh, things for the rebounding numbers for Luca there. But other than that, a good performance from him. Uh, We also had a good performance from Dorian Finney-Smith, who had 12 points and 8 rebounds. And other than that, it was kind of just an all-round game by everyone on the Mavs team. With Luca and Porzingis really leading the way. Really similar story to what happened with the Bucks in the heat here. Uh, the Mavs really held out through the majority of the game. They were down by one or two points throughout. And in the last five, six minutes of the game, they just couldn't stop Kawhi Leonard. He was getting to all the spots that he wanted to. Um, and when Kawhi was being guarded by Luka, uh, to put things lightly, it was barbecue chicken for Kawhi. He was just absolutely eating out there with no issues whatsoever, Luka obviously has good size uh, for his position, has a good amount of weight that he can throw around too, but he is by no means a good NBA defender at this point, he can be competent when he wants to be, but a lot of the time, down the stretch, we saw Luka was definitely on the tiredest side of things, Uh, Kawhi able to take full advantage of that, get to the rim, able to shoot the three well, Uh, his jump shot was looking smooth. And really, that that was the story of the game. It was a really fun one to watch throughout the whole thing. The Clippers just able to pull away. They have way more experience than the Mavs. Uh, The Mavs missing Seth Curry, who's an essential part of uh, their lineup for shooting that three ball well. Uh, And ultimately, it it just meant that the Clippers were able to take advantage of their inexperience and their youth. Um, Kawhi and Paul George, Marcus Morris Sr., um, all veterans of the game who have uh, great experience in, in close games coming down the stretch, able to put that one away without too much of an issue. And moving on to the final game of yesterday, which was a really fun one to watch, which was Lakers at Rockets. So, important to note, neither Russell Westbrook or LeBron were playing, both of them uh, cited as having injuries, but really I think the uh, the teams were just deciding to rest them as to not cause further damage to any sort of pre-existing uh, nagging injuries, so this was a real battle between James Harden and Anthony Davis, and uh, without a doubt, Harden won this battle, he was absolutely cooking, the Lakers were definitely missing Alex Caruso uh, on the defensive end of the ball, so... Uh, let's break down the box score and then we'll talk a little bit about the game. So the Rockets walk away with a 113-97 to victory. Uh, James Harden had 39 points. He was 11 of 19 from the field, 5 of 10 from the 3-point line, and 12 of 12 from the charity stripe. He also had 12 assists and 8 rebounds, so very nearly a 40-point triple-double for James Harden. He did have 10 uh, turnovers, but really he was the one who had the ball for almost the entire game, so that was to be expected. Uh, Ben McLemore had 20 points. He was 5 of 10 from the 3-point line as well. Uh, Also a nice performance from uh, Green, who had 15 points. That was Jeff Green, uh, 6 of 13 from the field for him. Uh, And also a nice performance from Daniel House Jr., who had 14 points on 5 of 13 from the field. On the Lakers side of the ball, really struggling with the offense as they have been since the bubble restart. They actually have the worst offense in the league for the restart. I believe they're averaging less than 100 points even. So Kyle Kuzma had 21 points, 8 of 16 from the field. Anthony Davis had 17 points. He was just uh, 5 of 8 from the field, but he didn't shoot a single 3 in the game. He did pull down 12 rebounds, however, uh, from that point, a couple of 10-point performances. Danny Green, 10 points, uh, KCP, 10 points, and Taylor Horton Tucker, 10 points. So, this game, once again, we saw experience down the stretch, ultimately being the... Uh, Main factor in winning the game, the Lakers were able to really close out in the fourth. Uh, It got a lot closer, but then James Harden was able to fully take over in the last few minutes of the game with no one on the Lakers' side of the ball able to contain him offensively, and he also had a really nice performance on the defensive side of the ball, uh, which he's been taking real pride in since the bubble restart. Uh, James Harden was talking about how he really liked the team's energy. Uh, He thought that they could be playing better on the defensive end of the ball, but uh, certainly no complaints from James Harden haters on that uh, defensive performance from him. This really just showed the fact that without the veteran leadership of LeBron James on the Lakers, they really kind of fall apart. I think that if this team had gone without LeBron... I think that they would have been a 500 team for the season, despite how fantastic Anthony Davis is. Without LeBron as that primary facilitator, that primary ball handler, the Lakers kind of fall apart on the offensive end of the floor. They don't have anyone who can facilitate what with um, Rondo being out injured. They lose uh, such important perimeter, uh, perimeter defense with Avery Bradley being out, Alex Caruso not being there. So, really, th- this team is going to need LeBron to be 100% healthy through the playoffs. Uh, a lot of uh, the bigger media networks now talking about the challenges that the Lakers might face if they are playing the Trailblazers uh, in this first round of the playoffs. The Blazers coming off fantastic play. They're absolutely rolling. Damian Lillard is playing at his absolute best, Yusuf Nurkic back from injury, Zach Collins back from injury, CJ McCollum now with his main backcourt running mate, absolutely rolling, playing great games every single game. The Lakers, on the other hand, kind of, you know, still warming up into things. They don't have to take this too seriously now that they've clinched the first seed in the West, and by that I mean that they don't need to be tiring out their starters unnecessarily. However, they're going to need to put some wins together because it's all very well saying like, oh, we're going to turn it on when the playoffs start. But that can lead to a little rust for sure. The Blazers, they're turned on right now. They're ready to go. There's nothing stopping them right now. And I don't think that the Blazers will win that series by any means, but I think they could tire the Lakers out. I think they could take them to six, who knows, maybe even seven games, especially with that lack of perimeter defense. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are going to be able to cook out there they're going to be having a fun old time I'll tell you that with only Alex Caruso who admittedly is a very competent defensive player but who else are you going to put on them Quinn Cook Danny Green who's you know somewhat lost a step on the defensive end of the floor Caldwell Pope Dion Waiters it's just something to consider. I don't think the Lakers will lose by any means, but I think that it's certainly going to be a challenge for them, especially, you know, if if they're only capable when LeBron is on the floor. Damian Lillard's not afraid to play 48 minutes a game. I'll tell you that right now. Damian Lillard will play every minute of a game if he needs to, and he'll do that on a nightly basis. So just something to watch out for if you're a Lakers fan. But that was our main storyline of yesterday was experience down the stretch is your most valuable asset when you're coming up against a much less experienced team. Okay, so let's quickly talk about the games that you have coming up today. Uh, A full six games to have today. Uh, Again, this is really a day where um, it's really important for the eight seed uh, contenders out west. That's the most important headline for today. And then we get a really fun game to end the night. But uh, let's just talk about it. So the first game of the day is Jazz Spurs. Uh, The Jazz are still reeling uh, in in this restart. They are really struggling. And as I mentioned in our daily injury report, they've got like four of their five starters who aren't going to be playing. So I would imagine they're going to have just a horrible offensive performance. And I think the Spurs will absolutely win this game. I think... Uh, that that is going to put them in even better standing to be in the eight or nine position the thunder at grizzlies comes up after that Uh, that'll be a really fun one i think that we've seen the capabilities of chris paul and shea gilgis alexander even without dennis schroeder Um, and i think that jar is in true desperation mode now Uh, without jaron jackson jr i feel really bad for jar Uh, likely going to lose this game as well The Grizzlies still searching for that first win in the bubble. Potentially about to be 0-5 here after today's game. The Kings and the Nets are playing. The bubble Nets. They're kind of fun to watch sometimes, aren't they? It can be kind of interesting. Who knows? Maybe Karis Levert can have a big game. Uh, But the Kings have been shooting the ball exceptionally well. Uh, Bogdanovich playing fantastically. Uh, Buddy Heal shooting the ball well. De'Aaron Fox having some big games. So... Certainly expect a, an impressive offensive game uh, there. I doubt too much defense is going to be played. Magic at 76 is, honestly, who knows what could happen here. The 76ers are such a mess of a team for the majority of the time that who knows, maybe the Magic walk away with a win here. I doubt it. I think more than likely Joel Embiid will just have like 45 points and will completely dominate the paint, especially without Ben Simmons uh, there to take away any of the room that he might want. Uh, But who knows? Crazy things have happened. Maybe the Magic walk away with a surprising win. After that, we have Wizards at Pelicans, uh, which should be a win for the Pelicans. Come on, Pelicans. You can win this one. If you want anything to do with the playoffs, win this game you can run Zion against this team. They're not going to defend him. Let Zion have his th- like first 40-point game or something. I don't know. Let the kid play. I think at this point, Pelicans, you've really got to decide, are we in this or are we out? And then finally, a really exciting game to end the night. We have Celtics at Raptors, two of my favorite teams to watch in the East, the Raptors being one of my favorite teams to watch overall in general. This is just going to be a really fun matchup. Both of these teams have uh, the capability to make it out of the Eastern Conference if they play at their absolute best. Uh, Expect another great performance from Fred Van Fleet, who's been playing exceptionally well in the restart. Uh, The Celtics will be hoping for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to have good performances, and we'll also be looking out for Kemba Walker and how that knee is looking and how many minutes they are comfortable playing him. So that should be a really, really fun one to end the night. Uh, And that will be available on TNT. So I highly suggest that if you're going to be watching any matchup, you check out Celtics Raptors at 9. So that's going to do it for today's episode of Don't Burst My Bubble. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking to you guys today. I will be back tomorrow, of course, with all of the news that you need to hear from today's games, as well as your daily injury report and your headlines for tomorrow's games. So again... I thank you so much for listening, and you will hear me tomorrow. Thank you. I'll see you then.